Welcome back to the Agents of Health podcast, ladies and gentlemen, with myself, Sean Ryan. And today I have yet another massive guest. I am joined by the one and only Mrs. Jess Banahan uh, of Jess Selfit on Instagram and Selfit Coaching. Uh, Jess, how are you? Pleasure to finally have you on. Thank you so much, Sean. I'm delighted. It's delighted to be here. Yeah, it's great to, to great get you on because we've... Uh, like it's weird. Like I say this to so many people I've had on the podcast. I'm like, we've known each other for a while, but we've never actually met. I know it's a strange one. I feel like a lot of us are probably in that similar situation, especially like us. But like, because I suppose like we all knew each. Like I suppose like us and like a few other coaches, we all kind of met via Zoom back in like January, I think. Yeah. Um, so I feel like we've all known each other for so long. I think we're all very supportive of each other as well. There's kind of like we kind of had this kind of like online coaching group. Uh, community if you will and like there's a lot of people I still haven't met from that group as well which is so so funny and even Barry being one, one of those founding me- one of the members as well I only met him there last night and I was like oh okay but it feels like we've known each other for ages which is kind of really cool as yeah well. it's, it's mad all right like I remember the first time I met Dan and Paddy and I was like you're oh, you're both like taller in real life and just like started <laughs> slapping Paddy and it was just like oh it's grand though everything just you know boom let's just abuse Paddy a little bit it's great crap um, but we'll get into the actual interview rather than the Paddy bashing. We'll leave that until, until the end of the interview, much like the Paul interview. Just abuse Paddy at the end to wrap it up. Um, one of the, the main reasons I wanted to get you on was you did your first competition. So oh, it's, it's two months ago now? Two, three months July. ago? July. So it was July. It was about four months, I think three or four Jesus. months ago now. But it feels like five years ago. It honestly feels like so, so long ago. So, you know, when pe- like someone actually said to me there last week, they were like, oh, congrats on the show. And I'm like, what show? I thought I appeared in RT for some other reason. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, no, this, the, like the show that you did. I was like, oh yeah, no, dude, that was like five years ago. Like, but yeah, it was the fourth of July uh, earlier this year. So yeah, that was uh, that's mad. It's that long ago. I thought that was literally a couple of months ago. Because like, I've had yeah. um, I've had another one of that kind of coaching group of ours. Um, I had Carla Sullivan on the podcast ages ago, and mm. we talked a lot about kind of lead into prep and. Uh, kind of the mentality of doing. I think Carla had had done one or two kind of like back to back preps. He's now done three preps in a row, three competitions yeah. in a row, and kind of prep for a stupidly long time. But one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was, um, and I know you've done your own podcast on this, but was coming out of the prep, coming out after the show, and and the thing, uh, kind of a lot of competitors would talk about of those post show blues, like you know a week down the line, two weeks down the line. And kind of what your own experiences with that was your own kind of thoughts around that was and kind of how you sort of, I suppose, bounced back from coming away from the show and being just like, you were in incredible shape for the show. But I found that a lot of people, when they get into that sort of shape for the show and then kind of come away two, three, four weeks later, they're kind of not so much hit a plateau, but kind of nearly kind of dip down looking going like, oh, I'm not, I'm not at that shape I was before, but it's not sustainable at all. Like It is literally, I'm doing this for a night and then like, I can't, you know, keep this up for six months. Like. Yeah. I think for me, like, you know, and actually, as you said, like I, I did a podcast on this. Um, I was, I did actually a podcast on this about like four weeks after the show. Cause at that time, like I thought I was over it. I thought I was like done the whole post show blues or whatever. And I was fine. Um, but actually someone actually funny enough actually listened to it earlier on today and I remember like even now thinking about when I record that podcast so then that was whatever at the end of July start of August when I recorded it so much has changed since then and at that time I was still going through going through these post-show blues that they call it 
So um, like the show experience was absolutely incredible. It was my first time going on stage and it's at the moment, it's not my last. Um, you know, I'm preparing for shows next year. Um, but I suppose for me, like once I got off stage, I was already thinking about the next show. Um, I never really got to properly, I think, enjoy it. Um, definitely for the first, yeah, three to four weeks after the show, I wasn't really eating that much um, as well as what I could have been um, because I was so like strict for so, so long. And then once I got a bit of like freedom, I suppose, I was just really scared. And um, mindset wise, like I did not want to train. I didn't want to go into a gym. I wasn't like, I just felt so down on myself. And I suppose one of the reasons could have been because I didn't place. Um, I didn't take that quite well. Um, my sister um, competed and she'd won. Um, she came second in her category and I came back with nothing. Well, I came back with a, a couple's category, which we both won together jointly. But still, I felt like, God, like why didn't I win? And, you know, all these natural yeah. self-doubt, yeah. you know, thoughts kind of come into your mind. So it took me a while to kind of figure out kind of like, really why was I feeling this way and why did I let it I suppose it's not even why I was down but I was like how, why was I letting it affect me so bad I'm like it's just a show do you know um you know it hasn't massively changed me for the better or whatever like again it was an experience and I enjoyed it um but then a few weeks kind of passed and I realized the federation that I I suppose like the category I was in I was in fitness modeling which is different to bodybuilding um and I suppose I kind of realized after some time that fitness modeling wasn't really for me um and I suppose like I kind of realized my my goal particularly right now is so much it's, it's so different you know like uh, like I want to compete in different federations which is what I'm now preparing for so I uh, like I'm currently in an off season now so in preparation for like shows in like August September um so this is like my first like off season as well because like pretty much for the last like two years I've either been in maintenance <laughs> or a deficit I think I've done like a bit of like a growth phase for about like two four like like four or five weeks then it's like oh yeah back down to deficit like so yeah. I've been constantly losing body fat for the last two years and it's been exhausting <laughs> to say the least so now I'm like my food has been the highest it's ever been training is going phenomenal like and I'm in a really really good place mentally as well so um like the post blues I don't think I got out of them until perhaps like mid August actually and I remember at the time I was probably at a maintenance level so just my food was completely um I switched coach and uh, my food um went on the increase as well kind of went up to my maintenance level and actually full of Paddy for anyone who's wondering who I'm, when I'm saying Paddy it's uh, PTK Fitness he's Paddy, not online yeah they all know who Paddy is for they, like, they all know who Paddy we, is <laughs> bashed Paddy so many times on this podcast and like he's he, my coach like and that I think that nearly makes it funnier <laughs> Paddy is my coach and I just ream him with abuse oh but, my uh, god he's a lovely he's a lovely little boy oh, he love is love my little Paddy we we actually met up when we were in London together we were in London at the same time and he actually asked me a question he was like are you currently happy where you are now? Because he knew I was at a maintenance level and I was like, this is the best I felt in ages. It was actually, I was so much happier I was in maintenance rather than going, you know, um, you know, lean for a photo shoot or whatever yeah. um, and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, as you said, like I had a purpose, like my goal was just to get to, get onto a stage and present what I, the best physique I could. And a hundred percent, that was my best physique at the time, but it doesn't mean I can't still improve that. Like yeah. I, at the end of the day, like I'm improving for, you know, next year. And then even next year, if I decide to compete again, I'll be competing in 2023 for a better physique than 2022. So, you know, it's kind of just a constant evolving goal, I suppose. Yeah. I love that one when, when kind of, cause I, 
bodybuilding and kind of the getting on stage isn't something I'm particularly I want to do for myself, but it's something I'm really, really fascinated by with the people who actually do it. Like uh, I love talking to people who have gotten on stage about their experiences, how they prepared and how they, especially kind of how they came away from it afterwards. Because I think getting kind of doing a prep and getting on stage is one thing, but something I've kind of seen, or I suppose from the people I've talked to is they don't nearly talk about what happens when you get off the stage nearly as much. And it doesn't seem like as much work kind of goes into that, you know, with just in regards to reverse dieting the proper way, having a good kind of plan for your off season. Are we going to go again the next year? How are we going to go again? And even like when you kind of came off the stage and then I know you switched coaches when you switched coach originally, did you have a kind of sit down chat with them about like, this is what we're going to do next year. This is what I wasn't happy with on stage when we, when we did it this year. And this is what I want to do coming into next year. Or was it just kind of, let's kind of get out of this bit of a funk. Let's get away from these post-show blues. Let's get back up to maintenance. Let's get happy again. And then, you know, two, three months down the line, we'll sit down and have another chat and another look at where we're going to go. Yeah, my coach and I, so I'm being coached by Mike Geary. So um, I, I've i been having calls with him previously, um, actually from a business aspect as well. So he has been helping me kind of for my business way. So he was very, like, I was like chatting to him like a few weeks, like, you know, each week, I think, you know, probably like six weeks out, four weeks out. So he was very much like understanding of the mental capacity or whatever mental capacity I was in at the time. So when it came to like the post-show blues, like he was very much like, he was like, I don't, he was like, I don't want to talk business if you're not ready yet. And he was very much understanding of that as well. So I got a lot of support um, mentally from him as well. Um, and like, you know, like I, like I go to therapy as well. So like, you know, like I'm, ver- I'm very much okay. Obviously I had that support, but in terms of like, what to do next a hundred percent like you know we talked about it he was like what do you really really want and I was like I want this but I'm scared to say it he was like just say it I was like okay so you know saying your goals out loud can be petrifying because you think there's so many reasons that you don't deserve it you feel like you're never going to get there and all these things like whereas like I said to him I was like this is what I want and he's like okay let's do it he was like this is the plan of action so you know each week we chat about like okay like you know how how's the last seven weeks days have gone what can we do better for the next week as well so um you know every week I feel I get the support I need from him as well so I think like you know when you're doing these shows like you're you, like it obviously helps that fact that Mike has um he you know he works with so many other competitors he's a competitor himself so he does understand what you're going through to an extent because obviously you never know what someone else is going through just because let's say my sister and I competed in our first show together we prepped together it doesn't mean that I actually know what's going on in her head I don't feel how she feels everyone experiences things quite differently um so yeah I think like for from that we kind of had like a rough idea we're kind of like okay that's the goal maybe like September next year and now it's kind of like I'm in a better mental capacity now as well like I'm really I'm you know very much like progressing in my training and stuff like that now we're kind of like okay december let's figure out you know when you're going to start prep and all that kind of stuff so like at the moment we have a fair idea when i'm going to start prep and um everything like that and i'm kind of like oh my god that seems so far away but it's, <laughs> it's going to fly by um but yeah i suppose like you know everyone will be so different and and i agree with you i'm in terms of that whole like post show aspect nobody shows it because people unfortunately don't want to see that i think mm-hmm. there's, i think portion of people who don't want to see that um I think people want to see the glamour people want to see you know unfortunately and again I don't know if it's an Irish society thing as well again I'm actually I'm 
actually was a kind of related to a podcast I was listening to this morning on my walk and um, that unfortunately people don't want to see others do well um, people, <laughs> yeah big time yeah like, we hate our know, heroes to look like they're they're doing well for themselves yeah exactly so like you know I think that people kind of like show like oh I'm on peak week or I'm doing this and I'm looking amazing or whatever and you know I think people might perceive that the wrong way so then when it comes to post show it's kind of like oh no if we don't want to show people that we're feeling like crap or we're feeling weak and stuff like that so you know I think that's probably why I probably record that podcast episode for myself and even talk about it now to show a lot like that like I was going through a horrible I had a horrible summer with it as well and like I was there trying to like you know I remember like coming back from the show was in Manchester to come back from back to Ireland um and I remember like doing like all my coach my my check-ins you know from this particular seat that I'm sitting in and I'm there trying to like do a video call with my client and I'm trying to act like I'm okay when I'm suffering inside like and it's very very difficult and I suppose you know should we show more of post show 100% um you know and I think it's slowly coming out a little bit more as well because I think um bodybuilding again this is very controversial I suppose but like sometimes it can be deemed as a fashion trend and I think mm. definitely this year there was a lot of people that I know and I know from some other people who have done a photo shoot let's say or have done bodybuilding they're kind of like I've done it once we'll never do it again and I'm kind of like yeah whereas like now I'm kind of like seeing a lot of people preparing for 2022 and I don't know whether I just follow a lot of competitors but I'm like do I follow a lot of competitors but I'm seeing so many people compete and stuff like that and I'm like, it's great. It's like bodybuilding is fantastic. Like I wouldn't be continuing to compete if I didn't feel like, you know, I enjoyed it. Like I, I thoroughly enjoyed the show, but I suppose like the end of the day, you only have tan on for 48 hours. So it's not <laughs> like that is what you think. So yeah, I think people need to really consider like if you're going to do that, really think about like what you're sacrificing. I think is yeah. you know. It was actually kind of half answered the question I was kind of coming into next, which was like, <laughs> You're obviously running your own business on top of this, like uh, self-coaching. So you're doing this prep, you're then doing the show, and then you're dealing with the post-show blues, all the while working with your own clients to help them get to their own goals. How did you kind of find that, I suppose, one for a better word, but how did you kind of find that balance of making sure that, because when you're doing a prep, everything has to be, well, as close to immaculate as possible like you know it, there's no shortcuts with a prep it's not like you can take a day off here and there it has to be on 100 of the time so how did you kind of find especially coming into the kind of peak weeks how did you find that kind of balance between working with your own clients and then making sure that everything that you were doing for the prep and for the sh- the, the show was going properly like i think the three words that come to mind that i would tell my own clients even in general because obviously i work with a lot of gen gen population anyway so consistency routine and discipline the three words that I'm like no matter what your goal is like be it fitness goal or business relate or whatever those are the three words that I'm like you need to be consistent with whatever you're doing every single day again routine I had a very solid routine it's actually still roughly the routine that I still do now like I still go for morning walk that's how I start my day I always do my check-ins in the morning maybe some in the afternoon if they're if any of them were late I normally train around lunchtime. That's how I personally like to train. Um, actually, sorry, my morning walk is now replacing the morning cardio that I would have done um, as well. So, um, and again, like evening, evening steps if I need to catch up on more cardio. Um, and again, meal prep. I'm just a, I'm just like religious for my meal prep as well. So like I'm always doing it. So um, that's what I would say. And the other word, so yeah, consistent routine and discipline. Like 
people are like, oh my God, how does this so motivated? I'm like, it's called discipline. I just don't, I didn't like, I like, I suppose like, you know, the people I was living with as in my parents, like would probably say like, oh, I was probably like moaning all the time, but like really, <laughs> I didn't think I was moaning that much. Like I just kind of like would get up and I was very much like, you know, I was in robot mode. I was, yeah. that's what I want. I was just like, you know, people like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite lucky we were in lockdown at the time. Cause like I had to do my whole prep pretty much um, except the last four weeks in lockdown. So, you know, I didn't, you know, I wasn't exposed to being like, oh, my friends are going out on Saturday night and all that jazz. And, you know, I was very much like, I had nothing else to do but this. So I was actually lucky with that. But, um, you know, definitely from the business perspective, like, again, I just worked everything around what, because again, being self-employed, I have that kind of like luxury, if you want to call it, where I can choose when I want to work and stuff like that. So, and then, yeah, post-show post wise, like, you know, I buried my head in the sand. I completely was in denial about how I was feeling. So I was really like probably overworking, I think, when I came back. And it wasn't mean like, oh, I spent like 18 hours a day working and stuff like that. Jesus Christ, no. Um, but it's more like I was just getting you know, making sure that everyone else is looked after. And I suppose that that's my nature. I'm very much always looking after everyone else right before looking after me. And that's just unfortunately a flaw of mine that I'm still, I still think I'm overcoming, but maybe I'm not. And it's always the way. Um, I suppose like, look at the end of the day, like as a coach, our role is to support and help people. That's what we want to do. And it's what we are doing and what we're trying to do. But I was probably doing it probably a bit too much that I was just, over making sure that everyone else was okay and you know making sure that every single client was okay and that they were happy and you know completely just not looking after myself as well as that since they're not even thinking about how I was feeling as well so um but yeah consistency routine and discipline are probably the three rules that I would like my clients to feel that they can you know have um as part of their vocabulary and actually implement but like it's all great and saying actually it's part of your vocabulary but there's no point saying oh yeah I'm so consistent consistent for one week or Monday to Friday is not consistent yeah. Consistent every single day your goals are not five day five day goals like you know it has to be you know throughout the weekend and every single day so um but yeah but that doesn't it's not overnight it's not like oh I did it for the whole month of November and I'm like no you need to do it November December January February it's it's never ending but yeah. enjoy as well so um enjoyment is the one thing I'd actually—that's the fourth word: enjoyment. <laughs> <laughs> Discipline as well. It's a, it's a funny one. Like I, I can't remember if I did a podcast on this or if it was just on Instagram. But it was just like motivation is the worst thing in the world. Like it's never there when you actually need it. What's there when you need it is discipline. Is having yeah. that dedication and discipline to just yeah, you you feel like shit. You're gonna get it done anyway. Like that's just the way it has to be. It doesn't matter what mm-hmm. it is. It doesn't matter if it's a fitness goal, if it's a work goal, if it's just a general life goal. It's never, ever going to get done if you're just sitting there waiting for this burst of motivation because it's never good. Like, it's, motivation will come to you at two in the morning and you're falling asleep. Like, it's not going to come to you at nine in the morning when you need to get shit done. Like, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a weird one. But, um, yeah, we kind of touched there now. You, you run your own business, uh, self with coaching, but you, you're similar enough to me where you're new enough to this industry, mm-hmm. sort of. You was it marketing you were in before you fully dived into coaching? Like I spent as uh, regular listeners of this podcast, you know, years working in bars. But you were you spent a long time working in in marketing, wasn't it? How did you kind of find that transition then from going from that, especially when we were in a lockdown and things were so uncertain and we never knew, you know, when gyms were going to open back up. People were working out from home, and like it certainly wasn't the best time to 
kind of set up coaching businesses, as I think a few of us learned. But uh, yeah. yeah, how did you kind of find that transition from from marketing into into coaching? Yeah, so I graduated in 2016 in event management from Dublin. Um, so I initially wanted to kind of go into event management, but so, I suppose towards like 2015, 2016, I fell in love with social media. That was actually like, which is so funny to say now, because I'm kind of like, why do people love social media? Because it's a pain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like literally, it's a pain. But um, I just fell in love with social media. That's what it, that's what, what it was. So um, that's kind of where my kind of, once I came out of college, my first job was actually, full enough was actually in hospitality I was a sales and marketing manager for two bars in Dublin and I thought this bloody great like this is what great uh lemon and juke and the bridge 1859 oh I used to yeah I used yeah. to drink lemon and juke quite a bit actually yeah, yeah. I knew a couple, so yeah, <laughs> yeah so the, hosp- the hospitality industry would always mean a lot to me because that's where and like just that those two bars are like my second homes like every time I even go into them now I'm like it's like home because I know where everything is and I'm like oh my god I was like, well, I could, I could literally walk into the kitchen and just annoy the chefs. Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Welcome back in. Well, lads. Well, lads are back. Um, but yeah, like that was like, even to this day, weirdly enough, that's still the best job I ever had because it was so much fun. I loved it. You know, um, I just met so many amazing people. I learned a lot about marketing um, in that job and as well. And I had, I created, like, I just had to learn everything from scratch. And yeah, it was very interesting because like, I learned a lot about the hospitality industry, a lot of stuff that I wasn't aware of. So um, yeah, absolutely love that job. And then, yeah, I was in mar- different marketing jobs, I suppose, like after that. And uh, when I was in Australia, um, it was July, 2019, when I started getting into fitness. Um, and at the time I was like in an admin role. So when I was in Australia, cause like, um, I suppose with Australia, it's very hard to find a job in your degree because you know, you're seen as, cause I had a working holiday visa. So you're kind of seen as, oh, sure here, just a party will give you like, you know, this other job. And I'm like, no, I want to actually like stay here and like, you know, build a life for myself. So I actually want something in my career, but um, I was in an admin job in Australia and I absolutely loved it. But I remember at the time, um, I said to myself, right, this is like towards like the end of July, 2019, uh, sorry, this is a very long-winded answer, but it will make sense. <laughs> Take it, we're, we're a fan of a good, we're a fan of a good tangent in this podcast. Tangent, oh, yeah. But um, at the end of 2019, kind of again, a few months into getting interested in fitness and going to a gym and stuff like that, I said to myself, you know, if I don't get sponsored in 2020, um, I'll come home, study personal training, and we'll see what happens from there. However, if I get sponsored in a job. In Australia, I'm going to stay here and just, you know, put my dreams on hold. And that's what, that's the predicament I was going through the end of 2019. Um, Because I had this idea of being like, oh my God, imagine like I could help people understand how, like how amazing fitness is and how amazing exercising is. That that was kind of what, what was going on in my mind. Then March 2020 happened. I was in Australia and um, the job I was actually in at the time were potentially going to sponsor me to stay on in Australia. But unfortunately, due to the pandemic, I got made redundant. So I had no choice but to come home at that point. Um, and it was about like the end, it was the end of March of 2020. So it was quite a difficult time because I was coming back when like Ireland was pretty much in the middle of a lockdown. Whereas like in Australia, we were they were actually just starting to be in a lockdown. Um, and then I found a marketing job, luckily, very, very lucky for that. And um, yeah, but then I started personal training. I was like, no, I need to do this course. If this is what I really want to do, this is what's going to provide fulfillment. Um, because at this point, like marketing was not fulfilling me at all. I'm kind of like, I'm able to do it. I'm, I know I'm good at it, but it was not fulfilling me, and it wasn't bringing me any happiness. And um, 
yeah, then I came qualified in September of 2020 and I launched self-coaching in December. Um, and I remember launching it being like, nobody bloody cares. Like I thought like, I'm so much imposter syndrome, oh, yeah, honestly. Because I, I, I got I got a logo designed, um, branding designed, got a website all, all set up. Um, because again, like I want because of my marketing background I wanted like everything marketing wise to be perfect so I was like oh I'm just gonna like get this website to be fine and I remember launching it and I was thinking no because everyone that follows me will know that I just at least you just got my certificate so um but then amazingly I spent I, I spent most of my Christmas holidays from my nine-to-five job um just doing consultation calls spent all Christmas doing consultation calls it was absolutely amazing and yeah like I, I started coaching them properly let's say in January and um I then handed in my notice in January of, of, of 2020 literally I did three or four weeks of trying to manage my nine to five in the coaching and f- f- touch wood luckily I was very lucky with how financially I was kind of like do you know what like it's not work because I was I was doing my nine to five and then closing down the nine to five laptop open up you know my work yeah. laptop now and it was it was way too much like I just couldn't do it and look I'm lucky I'm I'm living at home. So I was kind of like, do you want like, let's just see how this goes. So I went fully self-employed earlier on this year. And like, I'm just still a bit amazed to be totally honest. I'm still amazed that I actually, I still don't call this work. I'm still very like, like you very, very new. And I'm kind of like, I'm kind of nearly, I think, I feel like I'm on this very long annual leave that I'm feeling like I'm wondering when I'm going back to the back to my Monday nine to five job um because I don't I don't feel like this is work I'm like this is like too enjoyable like I get such I get so much fulfillment of what I do and I'm like it's just yeah it's just incredibly rewarding as well but um but like you know when I obviously like met you and all see all the guys there January last year or January of this year like I was just like oh my god like I thought like everyone had all this like knowledge I remember like going onto that those zoom calls with all these other coaches um, there's like 20 of us on this, like 20 co- like Irish got, coaches. It got a bit out of hand at one stage, all right, Joe. It started off oh. at like eight. Yeah. And suddenly just, there was like 70 people in this group chat and we're like, what the fuck is going on? It was mental. Like, it's amazing oh. as well because some of us have obviously stayed in touch or whatever, but like, I was like, oh my God, like there's so many, so many coaches here. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, will I learn later? Like, do you think I'm like an Egypt? Like, I just, again, all these thoughts. But um, yeah, it's it's been very challenging to say the least because I suppose like like that starting a business in the pandemic was probably like people could say like you like you might say like oh it's probably the, the craziest decision ever but it's probably been the best one because like if anything like we faced so many challenges this year we've had the gyms closed down like we, we our industry has been massively affected and like if we're still here still here sitting here and still have clients it's a good sign it's a good yeah. sign. Yeah, because no. it was like I remember, like I, I think officially started my business in like November of last year, I think, or December. I can't actually remember the exact date, but uh, yeah, it might have been December. But I remember like starting it, and I remember just distinctly remember getting my first client and sat down to like I'd done the consultation call, all the forms, all that crack. Sat down to like do up his program. It's like he can only train out of home. With like one kettlebell, one resistance band. That's it. What the fuck am I gonna do? This dude's paying me. Like, what the what's going on? Oh, it was, and then like gyms reopened, and it was just like, oh, there's equipment. We can do things. 
it was all it was crazy like and then like i was still in bars at that time as well so like bars were opening and shutting and opening and shutting and i was going back doing that and then going back and coaching yeah it was just it was it's been a mad year for for this whole industry like and um, mm. and i think that group chat like as much kind of nonsense was thrown around in that group chat and as much messing was done in that group chat, it turned out to be such a good thing for like helping each other out and setting up even just little things like systems and, you know, oh, I, I found this way of like recording something and other guys were like, oh yeah, that's really smart. We'll do that. Like it was, it was brilliant. Um, you, um, you did actually recently hit a milestone. I don't think anyone out of that kind of out of our group of, of coaches has actually hit yeah you recently hit 10,000 followers on Instagram I did I did um, I hit that start of October I think yeah yeah that I caught I remember seeing that and just thinking like that's unbelievable for not only j- just for an Irish coach in general because I still kind of like look at the Irish fitness industry as being such a kind of relatively small thing in comparison to like even places like England and obviously Americans like, that. like it's quite a it is when you think about it, quite a small community of coaches and mm. you hitting 10,000 followers on Instagram, I thought was unbelievable, but that's obviously come from, as we were kind of talking about before, consistency, discipline, and staying on track with what you wanted to do as far as the business went. How did you kind of find the, the I suppose like, I'm not saying like that hitting 10,000 followers was a big goal, but like how, how did you kind of find the, when you started like properly posting fitness content on Instagram leading into 10,000 followers and then beyond, how did you kind of, did you see any change in the business with that? Did you kind of see any immediate reaction to that? Or was it just quite literally a slow build thing over the months of you just consistently posting, consistently being out there that this kind of just built and built and built and built? Yeah, I suppose to bring some context around like, how the 10,000 actually happened as well was like I used to actually blog for several years so I started like an actual like blog now when people think blog people think Instagram I'm like no blogging is <laughs> so blog is actually writing physical articles onto a website that's what blogging is so I actually had a physical blog from 2013 until 2018 so that's about five years so like I yeah so it was quite a long time of my life and like I was doing that all through college I was like at one point I was like upset more obsessed with blogging than what I was with um actual my actual course um <laughs> I was like that's what that was the truth like so um I was like you know with you know let's say the current top influencers of Ireland um like some of them were starting out at around the same time as me so um it, it's very interesting like when, like when I see some of my friends and like some of my friends have like that I've met through blogging that would have again started around the same time as me have like 20k 50k 100k it's it is all a bit mad um so I suppose like that's where most of my followers would have came from who perhaps like followed me and stuff like that like I would have naturally been I would well, not naturally I would have posted a lot about like fashion lifestyle um beauty-ish kind of stuff and was just very kind of like girly stuff as well I suppose and then kind of when I went to Australia that kind of like faded and I suppose like people just started following me just because I suppose I was in Australia a lot of people were who were interested in going to Australia were obviously following me and look for tips whatever because I was always posting about that kind of stuff so it kind of went travel-ish right and then I was like at one point I was just like 
definitely like last year or not even last year 2019 I was just kind of posting whatever I felt like it was no I didn't really consider myself a content creator or whatever um and then obviously once I started getting into fitness as well like you know definitely once I started doing it like did I know it was a massive change not really um I suppose like when I started the business I think people you know I was getting when I was getting other coaches follow me like that was nearly achievement like yeah. like I it's it's weird I don't, I don't look for validation off other coaches but I think if an actual coach follows you and even a particular one that's been in the industry long enough they might already obviously look at your content and be like oh this this coach is up and coming but she knows her stuff like that's the va- like that's sometimes you know it's probably they've been imposter syndrome as well because like you again I I doubt myself a lot naturally because I'm so new and I'm still learning as well and you know yeah so I think like it's weird when I kind of like you know kind of get those kind of people follow me but when the 10k happened did it affect my business absolutely not I think people are so consumed being like oh gosh I have to get the 10k and that's when you know business is really great business is the exact same this is the exact same as what it was when it was nine thousand versus what it was now and look it's great like i think like obviously for a few weeks i was like oh i can use a link and now we can all use links thankfully (laughs) (laughs) we all want 10k just for that swipe up link and then they decided two two weeks before i got 10k oh no it's actually not going to be a swipe up it's actually just going to be a tap one and i'm like oh for god's sake um and then whatever three weeks ago that they thankfully um introduced uh the link across all platforms which is just it's so so amazing as well because no matter what social media following that you have no matter how many followers that you have that you can actually have a link that's linking to a website or whatever and like it's, it's probably just made a massive impact for so many oh, different small businesses even like did the podcast i when i saw that the links were first in i was like oh perfect story link boom bang done finished yeah. oh not all this it's in the bio it's here it's there it's, there. it's like oh it's i know right there just click Click the little thing, go listen. Thanks, sound good luck. Um, yeah, because social media, it's such a weird one. Um, because I like Paddy, poor God bless the poor child, he's blue in the face from telling me to like do things on Instagram because I despise it with every fiber of my being. I hate yeah. social media, I hate the atmosphere around it. This is really bad for an online coach to be saying when Instagram is like one of your main ways of channeling business. But, I just hate it. I just hate it. But it's, I think in fairness, I do think it is changing a little bit depending on the circles you were in because you can get a lot of good done on it. You can bring a lot of good to it and help a lot of people through it. Whereas before, and kind of like this, again, we're going back kind of three, four, five years ago, before kind of, I suppose, online coaching had really become a thing and people were posting to Instagram not only kind of to further their businesses, but genuinely to help people with, you know, free content and stuff like that to try and help people along when it was a bit toxic and it wasn't maybe the nicest place to be and stuff like that. But kind of how do you find, and like you obviously have a far bigger, excuse me, a far bigger following than I would have, but kind of how do you find that, I suppose, kind of balance of social media as the business, but not spending too much time on it to, you know, using it very much as that kind of business tool in order to help funnel clients towards, you know, the website or consultation calls or whatever it is. Um, like people might say that as was the next statement I'm going to say, it might sound dramatic, but it's actually like, I definitely feel I am this and like, it's, it's, I'm a social media addict. That's what I am. Like hi, like I'm social media anonymous is like, I, like if there was a group, I would go to it. And again, this is stemmed from, 
you know, again, like I was hounding social media in 2015. 2015, like Instagram was only starting to happen at that point as well. Like I was, you know, when it was Bebo or when it was Facebook, like I oh, was on I know, like I would spend hours on so so much social media um social media pages and stuff like that like I was addicted and I still am unfortunately I have I spend too much time on social media and both like again and I suppose like like as you say like you know trying to separate that as well but like every time I'm on social media even if I'm looking at someone else's page I always think I'm working so whenever I have the phone in my hand I feel like I'm constantly working and I find it very hard to switch off in that sense um, it's something that I'm trying to work on. Um, by no means will I ever think like, oh yeah, now I'm like, I, everything's fine or whatever. Like, you know, I consume a lot of information as well. I do let it affect me um, a lot, whether it be, you know, good or bad content as well. Like, you know, I I definitely would have always used like, you know, Instagram, for example, as a very like informative a kind of platform but actually just before I jumped on this podcast I was actually doing I was actually looking at some research papers on this whole topic you know like looking at the influence of Instagram or any social media platform in regards to the fitness industry as well and like you know some of the research I was kind of like well that's that's pretty obvious like you know saying that like you know people go and like look at like nutritional websites and everything for fast weight loss um fast weight loss uh, solutions and then it's like oh but that's actually like you know contributing to like eating disorders or like you know bad use of laxatives and all that kind of stuff so it's it Instagram is very very tricky and unfortunately like I do get I do get why you might dislike the platform and dislike social media in general like you know it can be quite addictive like people think oh sure I'm on WhatsApp still social media oh it's Facebook still social media like it's all social media like there's more to life than social media like there is um and i think it's very hard because we as humans we dis we think like oh i'll just like scroll on netflix or whatever or no like i'll scroll on social media and like that that's an hour that that you could have wasted like a day like it's 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 really the people you're consuming and people that you're watching like really think about what value are they adding to your life what are you learning from them every single day that you're like oh my god like saw this great pose like that was bloody amazing whatever like you know it's kind of why I dance on my stories quite a lot because I just tried to like literally just like I, I like I dance on my stories because I want to feel good as well like and I want to try and like just help people remember that like you were living your life for you like not for what you see on social media like so um it's yeah social media is just something that like I wish there was more like so so weird but I wish there was more help for people to disconnect from it I wish there yeah. were like you know like because again like people think like you know I'm I might sound a streamer when I say social media addict I'm like it is an addiction it 100% is and people are in denial like with if you're a form of an addict of anything else and I think you know social media it's going to keep evolving we're going there's going to be more platforms like versus TikTok like that transformed uh social the social media sphere in the last uh you know 18 months since lockdown like you know the thing about amount of people that are on that platform consuming so much inaccurate information everything like that so i think with social media i think look you know limit your time on it and it can be a great source for meeting people like 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 us like we wouldn't have met if it wasn't for instagram um as such because very true you know so there is some pros but I'm, I don't want to say it's bad but I suppose I'd just be careful the amount of time you're consuming on it as well like you know post that good content but then don't worry about 
how many likes it's got or who's commented yeah. or how many views it's got like that's that's where the obsession is because I'm always doing it like I'm always like oh, did it get like 100 likes like you know like oh did it, did it how, what was the insight like oh, what was this you know it's like there's probably more important things to focus on so um yes yeah, social media has its pros and cons so I do understand your view of like trying to like it but I suppose like it is one it's it's one of many ways to get clients yeah. one of many ways if you think it's the only way it's not the only way god bless poor Paddy I nearly yeeted the phone at him one day but uh, <laughs> I probably will at some stage just like we'll, we'll be training together or something and he'll turn around and say something just bang phone off the side of the skull but <laughs> we'll um we'll kind of get we, we talked a little bit about this earlier but um I just kind of want to see again, kind of what you what you want to do for kind of next year, because obviously we've talked about you're going into your first off season now to to um, to prepare for an, a, a couple of shows next year, and then also with with self and coaching, kind of what's the I suppose what's the plan for next year? Like if um, if like people are obviously coming into are going to be coming into now end of November into December into Christmas and the New Year and Christmas parties big feasts all this sort of crack like nobody's really thinking about fitness at the moment January and February is where you know we're going to start getting those calls and stuff so is there anything kind of people can look forward to from from Jess is there anything kind of people should be on the lookout for coming into next year both from a business point of view and then from yourself with the with the competitions and stuff yeah, oh god there's a lot there was a lot there um let's see I um... usually is in my questions I found yeah, there's a, like, there's a lot of different points there. So you're actually touching on a few, a few odd things and I'm like, oh, I can keep on talking here. Um, Los, from the show perspective, August, September-ish next year is the initial plan at the moment. It's kind of what we're working towards. Um, So fingers crossed, I will have developed hopefully out of most tissue the next or whatever, seven or eight months. Um, that's what I'm hoping so. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm currently at in terms of my physique. In terms of self-coaching, like, yeah, like, look, I'll be a year in business next month. Um, And as you said, unfortunately, for the fitness industry, it's an absolutely awful time. So if any coach is listening, like, I've asked a lot of coaches this question um, in the recent weeks, and every coach is feeling it. Unfortunately, it's just an absolute crap time. And I know, like, you know, some people are like, oh, I'm so, so busy. I'm one of those people, like, if someone's asked me recently, and anyone that's actually asked me this question will know I've been brutally honest. Like, if someone's asked me, oh, my God, how's business going? I'm like, oh, no, it's not great. Like, <laughs> I'm one of those people that, like, shit. it's shit. Like, you know, like, I, I just don't believe in, like, like, bullshitting anyone saying oh my god business is so great like november is an amazing time of the year unfortunately it's not for the fitness industry as you said january and february is when we're going to be thriving again so you know it's just something that we have to write out at the moment um like look business is 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 what it is um you know and i'm supposed to, like it i'm kind of enjoying that that's probably a little bit quieter because like that december is going to be like fingers crossed hopefully just loads of inquiries and you know january and february will be amazing as well as what they were last year for me so i'm hoping that will be the case um i suppose like in terms of business goals it's something i really need to consider um something i really need to kind of figure out what i want to offer um because i suppose like this year like i've been through so much change like i initially started off with two services and now i have a kind of like four ish like i'm i have a group coaching program going on at the moment um I've like you know I've actually someone doing a photo shoot next week like so like my in terms of what I can offer like it, it just kind of keeps on going I suppose and yeah I don't, I don't know where I could be I don't know where 2022 will bring me in terms of my business um you know I just want to help you know the people that want to work with me and I suppose 
all I want to do is just help one person at a time however I do that um you know um so we'll see kind of what happens and look I'm excited as well and I suppose like I'm look I'm a bit in the unknown or in the, like I'm not sure what kind of what what's gonna lie ahead for me but I'm confident that everything will work out like I'm not kind of like panicking like oh my god like I need to have like a business goal for next year I'm like the business goal will come it'll time I'm not too worried like I'm you know everything's kind of going well so far I suppose like probably to end it for the whole I'm um, actually just the topic you said about the festive season um because again unfortunately is the case where we develop somehow the whole of the world develops this popula- this like mindset where it's like oh fitness doesn't matter for November December we'll start again in January um if anyone is listening and is currently like try like if you really think about it do you really want to feel as miserable as what you could be on the 27th, 28th of December? Or do you want to feel somewhat decent? Because you need to realize Christmas Day is one day of the year. Um, You know, like if you want to take action, like I'm not saying like we need to lose all this weight and lose all this body fat or whatever in the next like few weeks as well. But even if you want to have someone to keep you somewhat accountable for the other days that you have going on, because I think, look, we'll have the old Christmas party, whatever, being on a Friday night. I'm like, it's a Friday night. There's actually six other days throughout the week that actually also count. So what are you going to do for those other six days? So I think, you know, for anyone that's listening, like whether you get coached by, you know, Sean or myself or whether you want to go to someone else, like just don't be afraid of getting coached right now. Like we're not going to be like, oh, you can't have this and you can't have that. It's like, if you want to just have a bit of accountability in terms of what you're doing the other days, like I think it's actually now is probably the perfect time to get coached as well um, or to even think about coaching as well because, you know, at the end of the day, like we as coaches, as I said, like we want to help and support you and, you know, help you towards whatever you deem as your happiness. So, you know, if we could be a part of that now, like imagine end of 21 feeling, you know, a little bit happier than what you were perhaps the end of 2020. So, um, yeah, just for anyone that was kind of thinking about that, like, you know, we're all like, you know, us coaches aren't going to be exactly like, you know, we're still going to be enjoying our Christmas dinner as well. And oh, stuff like yes, that. So, yes. you know, like we're not like, you know, don't, don't let people what might be perceived a line as like oh sure the PT doesn't eat that or whatever and they're going to give out no PT ever wants to give out to someone no that's never the case like we're on your team we're like a coach and a client are on the same team always yeah. important to remember that so I don't know uh, where yeah. it ever started that um especially over the festive period the coaches are like no you can't have your Christmas dinner that's not our job our job is to help you have your Christmas dinner and not have that feeling of guilt afterwards like you can be goddamn sure I'm going to be cooking Christmas dinner this year I'm sure shit going to be eating all of it. I'm going to just yeah. pull that turkey right in damn close to me, rip that leg off and just go to town. Jess, yeah. it has been an absolute pleasure having you on. It's been a great chat. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, if people want to find you on social media or or wherever they need to find you or your website or wherever, where can, uh, where can people get a hold of you? Yeah, so on Instagram, my main page is Jess Selfish, so J E S S, and then underscore S E L F F I T, um, selfishcoaching.com. Um, and then my my own uh, my other actual business Instagram page because I have two Instagram pages because I love being busy. Um, is selfish coaching as well. So, um, if you want some like educational kind of content, that's where to get that as well. Well, Jess, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thanks so much again. Ladies and gentlemen, that will do us for episode 20 of the Agents of Health podcast. Thanks so much for listening. As always, I've been your host, Sean Ryan. We'll see you next time.